Okay, you with me, Saul? Yeah, I am. Can you hear me? There. Yes, I can. Fantastic. I was having technical problems calling in, so I had to dial in like three times. But, okay, we're going to go ahead and get started, and I will, um, I'm going to do my introduction, Saul, and then you and I will do our thing, okay? Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, hey, everybody, this is Jen Springer, Young Living Platinum, and I've been with the company since 2001, and you're on the Monday night call, and it's going to take place from now until the end of the hour. And, you know, I remember back about 2000, 2001, I remember looking up at the sky and thinking, send me something to do. I was looking at the great spirit out there in the sky. I said, send me something that I can do that doesn't feel like work. I wanted to do something that I loved because at the time I was a quality engineer for a major international um, car manufacturing company, and I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my life purpose, you know. And so I really wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And within about six months, I was invited to a small class at my veterinarian's office about various holistic modalities, and Young Living was one of them. So to this day, I still get just as excited with every new enrollment and every package I open and every new oil that Gary Young comes out with. I just love this. I love what I do. And we have such a gift with the business and also, of course, the product. We offer something that nobody else can. And so I feel like we're truly fortunate to have Young Living here, and you guys are obviously in in the know because you're here on this call, whether you're listening to it live or is recorded. So I want to talk about something really cool that I saw, I think it was last night. Um, it was a post on the Young Living Convention uh, page on Facebook or group, Facebook group, and April Pointer posted this. It was originally posted from the prayer group for Young Living. And it was about, you know, praying for the customer service reps. But April, if you're listening, <laughs> your call, your your post is going to get listened to by many. But, you know, She says here, I'm going to read what the post was, because I feel it's so important and we all need to hear this. She says, while I was on vacation last week, I was reminded daily of the struggling issues that our customer service department is experienced with hold times, packaging, and shipping. I've also been informed that our turnover rate at customer service in the representative area is very high, mainly because they cannot deal with, quote, our phone calls. I realize that when we call customer service about orders, we're pretty miffed. I mean, I think that's true. When we are mean, whether we mean to or not, sometimes we take out our frustration on the person on the other end of the phone line, whether they have nothing, um, when they have nothing to do with Young Living's current issue. I personally do not think I would last a day in that job. I made three phone calls on Friday and Saturday to customer service, and I made sure I was aware of my tone and my words. I expressed to each one of them that I knew This wasn't their fault, and I asked how we thought we could rectify the situation at hand. At the end of our conversation, I asked for their full name, and I told them that I would be sending an email to customer service so that their supervisor would know how much I appreciated their help, their sweet spirit, and their willing attitudes and overall dedication to helping members who are not always the most pleasant to deal with when our oils haven't been shipped properly. I nearly made one lady cry, she said. Thank you so much. We never hear words like that from any of the members. And April said, that makes me sad. So for the next week, we're going to pretend to be Pollyanna. If you haven't watched this classical movie, you need to. Whenever you call customer service this week, end your phone call with telling them how much you appreciate their help and ask for their full name and post here on the group. Um, you could send it even into customer service. What you would like to say to the supervisor. By the end of the week, I will be copying and pasting all cop, uh, comments 
and sending them to is one big email to Young Living. I desire to bless the socks off of these people and make their day. Together we can stop this turnover rate and show some compassion since they all they want to do is help us. As our tour guide in Niagara Falls said about every hour, quote, the sun is shining, enjoy yourself, and be happy. So she, she concluded with, let the, quote, glad game begin. And watch Pollyanna so you understand. So, April, thank you for that post. And if you want to find that post, it's on the Young Living Convention group or the prayer group. And, and put your comments in there because I feel this is very true and very important. Because we, we do get frustrated. Yeah, I'm one of those people I don't. I get hot-headed, and I, I always love customer service, but I can see what people call and get frustrated. And those people, I, I, you know, I have never had a poor experience with the customer service agents in the 14 years I've been with Young Living, and they always want to help. And I know that trickles down from the top. So please do this and help those people have their jobs be better. So, okay. All right. Let's see. Okay, so for September, let's see, precious, precious, things that we've got going on in September. For 190 PV, receive a 5 mil bottle of Raven, and you also get the essential oil packs, the 10 packs of lavender, peppermint, and seeds. Now, I think the peppermint ran out, so they're doing a 5 mil bottle of peppermint. And then so for 250 PV, send a $20 enrollment voucher, and then for 300 PV, you also get all of that stuff, plus a 14 pack of Nation Nitro. So it's pretty awesome stuff for this time of year. And we are, I already got mine, and I was thrilled to see those little pouches of samples because those are the best to either have in your purse or your wallet or to be giving out to people. So tonight is our weekly Monday night call. We'll last about 30 to 45 minutes. Short, sweet, keep it, get back to the evening. You know, we don't go past the top of the hour. If you want to hear previous recordings, check out OurSimpleTraining.com. You can listen to all the recordings I have there, plus you can get on the email list. So Tonight we have a really important guest, in my opinion, uh, for from corporate. Um, we have Saul Spears, who is part of the Young Living. Um, he's an attorney. He's part of the Young Living legal team, and I feel like his job is incredibly important. And you know, to keep all of us up and par, and creating policies, and watching Young Living back, and protecting us, and all these things that they do in the legal team are very, very important. And so, Saul, thank you so much for coming on and spending this time in your evening to, to educate us as distributors. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Yes. And so we've got a lot of cool things to talk about. And some of these things I know people aren't necessarily going to like <laughs> because, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to hit some topics. I mean, I think it's a great and we're going to like it, but I think people are going to be like, Oh, okay. You know, because there's, you know, you and I talked the other day and it was, it's very true. Young living is growing at a very rapid pace. And so we could be, underneath the um, the scrutiny of some of the legal agents, you know, uh, I guess you say governing agencies of the country. And, you know, we have to really be mindful of what we say and what we do. So um, I know that it, what you said the other day is that, you know, we got to know our calculated risk. So, you know, if there is one thing that you could change about um, our distributor, you know, what's going on with us, what would that be and you know how that would affect our distributor force sure well i think the one thing that we need to change and uh i think will be a focus of our uh, compliance team's efforts as the years go uh, as in the future years is uh the type of claims that our members are making especially when they're making them on publicly facing websites and then in very publicly 
facing advertising campaigns. And uh, like we said before, um, we're regulated by, by, by mainly two industries. One is the Federal Trade Commission, which doesn't uh, make sure that everybody is saying things that are accurate and true. And then the FDA, or the Food and Drug Administration, which uh, classifies foods, drugs, and cosmetics into those categories, and now it's added dietary supplements as a category, and then wants people to only make claims about their products uh, that are acceptable for each category. So we need to make sure that our members are, are doing that and doing it more than they have in the past as we go forward. And so how, um, with that, you know, how real is, you know, how do you, how do you want to say this? Um, <laughs> you know, how real, I don't want to say threat because it's not, because I absolutely believe that those, um, agencies need to be in place because of, you know, we don't want people saying things out there that are outlandish and wrong and not true and stuff. But, you know, people think, oh, you know, my little post on Facebook won't matter to the FDA. Or if I do a little class here in a church out in the middle of nowhere, USA, could that be, you know, something that we could get in trouble for if I said something about how lavender oil got rid of my, you know, eczema or something like that you know is is that a, re a reality or is that something that you know we don't need to worry about no it's it's real and it, it um you know it's always a risk right like there's not every company that does this doesn't get shut down does that make sense companies will mm -hmm. go for a long time in in the valley where young living's headquartered we have um lots of multi-level marketing companies and some of them comply with these rules better than others and there are some that don't comply very well and they're still doing business but others have you know had their problems and um and so those are all risks that that that, that people take and of course we're not nobody's completely perfect when they have a large distributor base does that make sense right but, yeah you know i was talking to a a friend who was uh, in the general counsel office for a similar company, and they were having a lot of issues with Montana. Where Montana is one of these states where they had a lot of distributors, and their distributors had all been very active on Facebook in promoting their products, using a lot of claims that their products would treat certain diseases. And uh, they were uh, having a hard time. The attorney general of Montana was trying to stop all business that they did in that state. Wow. It is something that it is something that's real. And they were, you know, they were on their end, their legal team was doing their best. Um, but it was uh they started out, you know, with the in on a, in bad footing, you know. Because right. of what the, they had they had found. And they did. They just used evidence from Facebook. Holy smoke. So I know that, you know, one of the things that are, is so important, and you mentioned earlier, is about how we talk about the products and how they affect our body. We really have to be mindful of that. And so what is, you know, up and I, I did send out your handout um, that you sent uh -huh. me, the PDF, so that was in the email that everybody got. And if there is um, uh, people, if you did not get it, I did post it on my Facebook page today. It's in the post, but it's um, – the product claims guidance and sharing and living rights um, document that you guys, that you pulled together. And I wanted to make sure that everybody got that, but, you know, so it's, with that, you know, you were talking, but 
uh, when we talked the other day about structure and function claims, and you said that's up and coming. What is that about? Like, you know, because like, I know a lot of us are like, well, what do we say that keeps us legal or what can't we say? You know, do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So as a little bit of background to this, so what happened was about 20 or 30 years ago, all the people could sell their products as was cosmetics, which all you can say is that it cleans, beautifies, or, um, you know, enhances appearance or smell, or a drug. And then with drugs, have a big uh, process that's very expensive to get through um, for drugs. And with those, once you got through that process, you could say that they treated a certain disease or cured or prevented a certain disease. Uh, but in the United States, we, there, there was a law that, that allowed people then to talk about dietary supplements. And in the middle, to, to provide middle ground, um, the, they created a category for dietary supplements, and many of Young Living's products are ca- categorized as dietary supplements. They're all the ones that say you can take them internally. And uh, for those claims, the, the government allowed us to make claims that say they affect, they can affect the structure or the function of the body. So you think of a structure would be, you know, support strong bone. Calcium supports strong bones. That's a structure claim, you know, or um, a high fiber diet will help you with um, digestive system, right? That would sure. be a, a fun- function claim, right? Or appropriate digestive function. Those would be that. So those are claims that we can make about our products. So, for example, Lindsay Elmore is one of our new directors of our education. She's a pharmacist and is really good at what she does. And she came to me the other day and said, I got all this research right here about um, peppermint oil that's been used in all these clinical trials to treat irritable bowel syndrome. And there were all these studies, you know, dozens of studies, and uh, some of them talked about specific compounds in the peppermint oil and other ones, other things. And she said, what can, what can we say about it? And really, you know, as we look at it, we would, ideally, you know, to advertise this product, we would say, you know, this is an oil that has been found, because it has, it seems like the evidence is pretty unanimous, that it really can help people uh, help smooth and relax soft muscle, muscle tissue in the abdomen, okay, in the, in, the gut, in the gut lining. So that really helps people who have irritable bowel syndrome. And um, as we discussed it, we discussed, well, really what we can say is we, can't, we could, uh, in certain instances, as long as it's not, as long as our claims aren't intended to discuss irritable bowel syndrome, we can talk about this, soft smoothing um, or relaxing this muscle tissue. We could also talk about it supporting, you know, proper digestion. And mm-hmm. those are function claims about what this oil can do. Now, that is less attractive of a marketing claim. It's not as awesome as, a, as the drug claim would be as if we were re- regulated as a drug. So those are ways that um, we can make claims about what this does as we talk about it affecting the structure or function of the body. And one of the easiest ways for me to think about it is just to think about if the intent of my claim to talk about uh, our products helping people stay well, right? We take vitamins to stay well. I don't go and take my vitamins because I'm trying to get over something as often as I take my vitamins to stay well, you know? 
or I take my calcium pill to support, you know, my bones long-term. Staying well claims are much more likely to be accepted than uh, taking yourself from being sick to, to getting well again. You know, um, identifying a little bit more what you said in the last previous statements, because you talked about, okay, here's like all, like a boatload of research on peppermint and talking about how it's been researched for its ability to help with IBS because mm-hmm. it soothes and relaxes the muscle tissue. So if I was going to make a claim, quote, unquote, you know, one of those infographics on Facebook, you know, if I put peppermint oil, IBS, soothing blood, you know, soothing muscles, relax, you know, la, 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 that would be a drug claim and that I couldn't say. But if I left off the IBS and said peppermint, soothe and relax muscle tissue in your gut lining and supports digestion, that would be okay to say. That's correct? right. That's okay, right. so it it becomes a drug claim as soon as we add in the dis-ease, right, you know, the diagnosable dis-ease. That's right. And one of the things that you'll see Young Living do occasionally um, is that we will, uh, we're allowed, as long as we're allowed to reference science, which makes sense, right? Why would it be illegal to talk about what the scientific community is doing? We're allowed to reference science. We can't um, comment on it or annotate it, you know, saying, oh, therefore this. But you'll see occasionally on Young Living's Facebook page that they'll say, hey, check out this new research that's been done on lavender and then have a link to a study. And so we're trying to share the information that's out there without stating the big long conclusion, the the conclusion of, you know, therefore this oil will treat your disease. That makes sense? Yeah. So there's like, like, I know there's a lot of research about lavender oil and its ability to lower cortisol levels. So it's like, here's the study. Did you see this? And we cannot say, so if you want to lower your cortisol, let, you know, use this, use lavender, right? I mean, so that's where we would get kind of, you know, really muddy, right? That's right. And if it's just an outlier study, we're going to be putting ourselves in a little bit more risk, right? And some companies do that. Some companies will go out and pay for studies that are, that are just going to support their conclusion and they're kind of outlier studies. And those studies have been found not to that they don't qualify to for the protection that the the law offers most studies because they're kind of one sided don't show what's called a complete view of the science. So is it okay to use the research like that's found on PubMed.gov? Yeah, it is. But once we start um, commenting on it on our own, like if we say, look. This study shows this, therefore this product will treat this disease. We start making these annotations to it. It it, it becomes our own claims, if that makes sense. And so it's our own advertising claims on our products, yeah. So I know that um, one of the primary concerns about what um, goes on the Internet is that it's there forever, right? Right. (laughs) You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you – Anybody listening searches me on the internet or Saul or you know Travis Ogden or whoever on the internet. Often in even the search engines, our posts show up, like literally on Facebook, you know. And so we, it's out there forever. I mean, consider it always public. And I know that's one of the concerns of corporate because those things you know could create you know some possible backlash that we don't want to deal with. 
and as we become bigger, you know, we're a little more under the scrutiny of these agencies just because, you know, we're making some noise and we're making money and helping a lot of people. What are some of the things that we can do on social media or our websites or, or things like that? You know, where do you see the biggest issues lie and how can we protect ourselves? You know, I know we need to have independent distributor on our materials and also a link back to the corporate site. Do you want to go into some of that, how we can be A-OK and support corporate, not working against working with you guys on all this stuff? Right. No, that's a good question, good comment. I was out, out to lunch. It was about six months ago now, so our projections for where our company growth was going to end this year were still just a little under where or a lot under where we were, at least from, you know, the legal office. And I was sitting at lunch with, the general counsel of USANA, and, and USANA is, uh, they sell about $800 million in product, and uh, they're a public company, so they're under all sorts of scrutiny. They, everything they do is, you know, very scrutinized all the time, and, and as I was talking to him, he said he was asking about the size of our company, and without disclosing too much, I told him kind of where we were going and where we had been, and he said to me, he said, oh, you just stuck your head out out of the scene, you know, and I said, I said, what, what, what do you mean? And he said, well, you just kind of hit that threshold where you're going to start getting a lot of recognition and the regulators are going to notice you and uh, the state regulators are going to start sending you letters. You're going to get audited a lot more and um, everything that you and your members do are now, now much more visible. Early on when Young Living, you know, had the smaller group, um, that definitely wasn't the case, but especially with our rapid growth, we're now kind of there. And, and, and so many regulators, you know, are hearing about their companies. They know kind of where money's coming into their state. They can see that through uh, various ways. And then they'll go on and they'll they'll search Facebook for um, what people are saying about that. So as our members are out uh, making claims that are searchable on publicly facing images uh, websites. You know, especially if they're not in private groups, if they're on, if they're not in the, you know, people can say things in their blogs as long as it's not my young living blog, right? My my wife can talk about an experience with an oil. She's not a seller of it, and her blog may not be, you know, for selling the oil. But if it is my business website and I'm making a bunch of claims on there, uh, then I would be putting myself and young living at risk. So. I would need to be much more careful about what would happen. This year we did get um, start getting, um, just like my friend said, uh, people started turning in other members of their organization, which, which I didn't think it would come. I thought it would come from competitors. But we've actually had some members who just got disgruntled who then, you know, went to their state regulator and attorney general's office what? and said, hey, these people are making claims. And we've had oh, to deal no. with them. Right. So that's just one way that this um, this, this <laughs> happens. But it's good. We we want to obey the law, right? At Young Living, we we believe in obeying the law, and we want to we want our members to obey the law. And so that's um, you know, we're we're growing up, and and it's part of that. Yeah. Well, we don't want you know too. On the other aspect of it, you know, we we all know that these products are extremely powerful. I mean, we know that. There's no question of that. But we also don't want people to ignore seeking out medical treatment when they need to, when they think that the oils are going to cure them of every disease. And I'm, and I'm not, you know, some people may have just gasped by me saying that, but 
we have to be real here. We would never want anybody to get harmed or we would never want anybody to not seek treatment for something because of, you know, these things that we, they may have read or seen or heard in a class. And so it's obviously we, we need to be mindful, even, even if we're not even being mindful about being compliant with the FTC and the FDA, we have to be mindful of those people that we're educating. We don't want people to think that, you know, they can just suck down a couple bottles of lavender and frankincense and some lemon and think they're cured of cancer. I mean, we can't do that. Right. It's not right, you know. <laughs> right, right. And, and yeah, and while we don't have, like, an official legal position on that, I think personally I think that the uh, if people start being unsafe and kind of reckless with our products, I think it's going to draw a lot of media attention, and media attention triggers political action. It triggers all sorts of things. And so for the protection of our business, I think we need to be wise as we talk to people about uh, our products, right? I've heard people say things like, whoa, this is not going to – there's no way you can ever overdose on this. And, 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 And maybe in some things it's true, but, I mean, people overdose on water, right? Right. <laughs> so yes. I mean, we all have to be we all, we have we have to be smart, especially when we're making big statements out there on our websites, on our Facebook, and and uh, and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's just being a responsible human being, you know. I mean, really, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's just common sense, you know. And even going back to what you said about you know one distributor turning into another distributor about making claims, it's like. What, you know, one thing that always cracks me up and is when I'm on the Internet, we all are, you know, we've heard there's some things on the Internet about Gary Young that are maybe not the most pleasant thing. But the funniest thing is I love seeing that on other aromatherapist websites because they refer back to a certain website that begins with a Q. And, um, the, and I laugh because I'm like, this whole thing is discrediting the whole aromatherapy industry and you're posting it on your aromatherapy website. I'm like, you're shooting yourself in the foot, you know? <laughs> it's like, why would one distributor go and turn in another distributor? It's like putting a major red flag in front of this agency about what we're doing. Hello. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes people are, like, entertaining, <laughs> I think. <laughs> So, yeah, um, and I think we do, I think we need need to be need to be careful, knowing that I I think it's hard for us sometimes, uh, hard for our distributors sometimes to realize that they in fact are a business just like Young Living is a business. Now Young Living is a bigger business, so we have a team of of lawyers, right? We have a team of accountants, right? But every every member when they sign up, um, are a business entity, whether they have a separate LLC or a separate business or not. And so when when they get up and they, they, they form, you know, it's got a low cost of entry, right? It's an easy way to be an entrepreneur to join a multi-level marketing company, which is one of the reasons they're such great things for, for our nation, right, is to have these opportunities for people. But we do need to realize we are a business. And, um, and it is important as you go and, and do what you're doing that you're thinking about, you know, we need to be responsible, we need to be ethical, and we need to, you know, this isn't a soap opera, and it isn't a time for us just to spout off crazy opinions. We're doing our, our best to make a living and to help the world at the same time. Like you said at the beginning, this is something that we get to choose to do because we're, you know, it's a good company to work for. It's a company with a soul. Yes. So many times I'm just flabbergasted by decisions that that 
Young Living makes because it doesn't always make the most sense for money, right? If we were a public company, we couldn't make all the decisions that we make because some of them are just to help people, you know? Right. And um, and so it's, an, it's, it's nice to be able to work for a company like this and to have the youngs there just trying to help people. Which yeah, really that nice. we are kind of a we're kind of a unicorn in any business, you know, and because that there's so many times, and I know you could probably tell a million stories, and I know the distributors too, where like you said, dollars could easily be, you know, um, our, what we offer could be compromised to make more, you know, and in, in ways we could right. do things to make more money, and and that they've always held true to that, and it there's the, this company does have a soul. You really nailed it when you said that because. It, it, and that's why we attract such, I believe, in my opinion, such amazing leaders in this company. And I believe that there are the, the whole culture of our company is very, very different than any other MLM that I've ever seen. You know, and I we go to these big conferences. You could almost point out Young Living Distributors just by talking to them. They're, we're so different. And it sounds stereotypical to say that, but it's true. We have, you know, it's it's a very cool thing. And we've got something very special and we need to be proud of it, but we also need to protect it. And it's like you said, we've become bigger and bigger. And now, like your friend from USANA said, okay, here you go. Now you're next out of the sand. <laughs> So that's why we're, you know, we're doing this call. And I want, you know, I'm going just rewinding a little bit. Now, getting down to the, the nitty-gritty here, what can people say, well, first do in, in live events, how can people tell a testimonial and still be legal eagle? You know, like I'm up there and I use, um, say I had a, I'm trying to think of something that, you know, I always think of perverted things, right? Um, say I had a, a, an infection and I used, Steve's oil and it went away. How could I say that and be legal and and not compromise anything? Um, what would be the appropriate ways to phrase that? Or, you know, you know, I know there's also disclaimers we can use as well. But what what would be the best way to phrase that? Right, and I don't know if there's always the best way to phrase some things. I think we just can't say. Um, we can. Um, so the rules are this, and maybe we should, I should have started with this, but the rules. And, you know, I have to say it because I'm talking as an attorney for Young Living, and the rules are that we don't, uh, for, a, for a dietary supplement or a cosmetic, you're not supposed to claim that the product treats, mm-hmm. mitigates, cures, prevents, or is used to diagnose disease, right? So if this treated or, di- you know, treated my disease or cured my disease, or, and disease they interpret as almost everything, you know, it can right. be like breaking your arm, you know, that's not really a disease or or, or a deep gash, you know. It can, they would classify that as a disease or a headache. But we, um, so in light of that, some things I, I can't say. And, mm-hmm. and that, that, that may be something that you can't say. You, you can tell, you know, all the oils have different properties for cleaning. Clean, it can clean the infection right off my counter, right, which is great. The second rule is that we can't, we have to say that if we're going to talk about health and how this product treats my health, then the Federal Trade Commission says what we say has to be true, and so it also has to be kind of shown by rely, competent and reliable science to be true. So that would be something that I wouldn't talk about if I was going to be legal eagle, right? If I, mm-hmm. if if there really wasn't a lot of science behind it. So that was one of the great things when Lindsay came to me and said, 
here are all these studies, because that was the place we need to start, just to say, what can I say about this? Now, people are entitled to use the oils on their own and try them out for a lot of different things, right? The government's not coming to my house saying, hey, you can't use that cleaning agent like this, or you can't use your essential oils for dietary supplements like this. Um, but when I'm up on stage and making a, a presentation that's going to be deemed as being my advertising for the company, then those two rules would apply. So if we can start first by looking at that to see if we're going to be 100% compliant, then we're, um, we may not say certain things that we would have to say otherwise. And when the Federal Trade Commission says you can't make a claim if it's not supported by competent and reliable science, they said your personal experience doesn't meet that burden. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So this is now me being like the downer, right? But, um, <laughs> no. but, but, but when you're asking for the when you're asking for the real rule, the the real rule is that, that if it really happened to me, I shouldn't say it. When I'm when I'm representing the company or or standing up in my role as a distributor, saying here is this, because um, um, that wouldn't meet that burden. Now, or is the FTC going to come and, and slam you? Probably not. And so that is, uh, you know, some people do take those calculated risks, and I'm not advising us to. But, um, yeah, so that's probably the rule. Probably in, in an infection claim, you might not be able to say that. Okay. So if I said, what about phrasing it this way? So if I said, mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning of my class, you know, just saying, hey, everybody, you know, before we get started, I just want to let you know that any of the products or any information we talk about tonight is, you know, this is all strictly for entertainment purposes and education, nothing <laughs> to diagnose, prescribe, treat, blah, 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 the whole disclaimer, right? And then right. if later I said, you know what, I had this thing going on in my arm, and it, I don't know if it was infected or not. I put these on it, and it was gone. I don't know if the thieves did it, but it was gone. So you guys can decide. It Would that work, or is that like, bleh? I don't know. It definitely would be better than the first statement. Okay. That's why I'm trying to help people know how to say stuff because I've seen distributors say, frankincense cured my cancer. Okay, we know that's not great. But, <laughs> and I've also seen other distributors say, hey, I took peppermint oil and I had like warts on my nose and I put it on my nose and the warts disappeared. I don't know if it was the peppermint or not, but now my warts are gone. You know? Yeah. And, you know, that – I always thought it was like, okay, that's we could say that, but we cannot say the other thing for sure. It's like, no way. Yeah. And there's a misconception with the disclaimer, right? We see this disclaimer everywhere. We even, we even had a hard time getting it off of our our convention presentations where our, our events team thinks that it's a cure-all. It's just really not going back to there was that negotiation that happened that arrived at the dietary supplement rules I think what happened was somebody tried to say, well, how do we, how can we have an easy way of just going out and finding every time somebody says this, you know? Or how can we discredit these claims? They said, well, anytime anybody makes a structure function claim, you have to use the statement that says, this statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and this product is not intended to cure, mitigate, treat, or prevent diseases. So the statement was act, that, that 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 disclaimer doesn't actually provide you any legal protection. It's it's just a requirement when you make a structure function claim. Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of times we think we're going to get up and get a disclaimer, and that's going to somehow protect me as I go out and say, sure. 
talk about talk about Francis Sensen's cancer, which we shouldn't do. Right. Right. But it really doesn't. It doesn't provide people that. It's a it's a requirement when we make these certain claims. So you'll see it on Young Living's products. If you look at say uh, Ningxia Red, you know where it says right on the front, energize, fortify, and something, and you know it's got an asterisk right there, and you go to the back, and the asterisk says so. Because right. this says these fortify and whatever. This is a dietary. This is a function claim. It's kind of what yes. So when people are doing Facebook posts or blog posts or infographics, and they're doing a structure function claim, you know, and they're not doing it the druggy way with adding in diseases, but they're you know supporting the body, the structure, and the function then they should put those little disclaimer on there and make sure too that their you know their sites have the independent distributor on as well. That would help them, you know, like so we don't want to be diagnosing prescribing anyways. We don't have the insurance and we don't have the education, most of us, so boom, there you go. <laughs> but on, right. on the outside of that, it would you know, I think about that too and I'm like, why would somebody I've had people ask me, you know, to to help them come up with cancer protocols. And I'm like, why would you ask me? I'm not a doctor. I don't have that education. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know who am I to be giving you information on that anyways, even if I knew, you know. But anyways, so if people are doing posts or, you know, things like that, infographics, they can, you know, support structure, support function, put that disclaimer, little asterisk at the bottom, and keep all of the, quote, diseases off of it. And, And that would be appropriate for circulating on the Internet. That's right. Okay, cool. I just want to beat this horse until it <laughs> we got it nailed. You know, I want yeah, I want everybody to go got it. You know, so that they're probably going. Well, I gotta go back and fix some stuff on my blog. <laughs> you know, it's just so funny, but it's just true. It's reality. You know, we want to have this you know discussion because I see things on the internet and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people posted that. And you know, I'm pretty you know pretty open with things, but I, I just am like, oh, no, you know. And same, too, with the, even our income. Um, let's bounce to that and talk about that because I, I'm going to clap. I think that's what all of us did when we saw that beautiful document that came out recently <laughs> that was the income disclosure statement. Holy moly. We were, I, I, I think I, got, I get goosebumps even talking about seeing that because for so many years everybody's like, what is a platinum make? And we're like, I don't know. You know, what does a diamond make? Uh, it's me. You know, so we're all saying everybody gets a silver. Well, how much does a silver make? I'm like, ah, probably starting around this neighborhood. But now we have that income disclaimer, uh, disclosure um, statement. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? And when we, you know, because a lot of us, including myself, you know, I really have moved a lot of my business to, to focusing on the business, just like this call. How, what do we need to do when it comes to that, when we're talking about making money and doing this as a business so that we stay above board with the FTC? Yeah, good question. And I'm glad you liked that document. It took us a long time, and uh, and I'm glad it finally came out. But um, the, the the reason that we have that document is um, goes back to what we were saying about when we make claims or when we talk about Young Living, uh, we need to comply with the laws that says we have we can't advertise falsely. And um, there, I don't know if you've seen them. Young Living definitely, in my opinion, is not one of those companies. But there are these multi-level marketing companies that almost are exclusively about making money. You know, it's almost like the product is just kind of an afterthought. 
And those companies will go out and make these big advertisements about uh, you can make this much money in this amount of time. Um, recently, there was a company that was shut down because they were making these type of claims. Uh, they would say things like, last year, 100 people made over this amount of money, right? And um, and it was a lot of money. And they kept talking about, you know, live the life of your dreams, stuff like this. These were the claims that they were making when really, even though there was over 100 people, it was like 101, and uh, the amount of money that they were making was like the amount that like 0.001% of all their members were making. And when the... the the, the government came. The government regulators came and looked at this. They said this is false advertising, and you need to be able to. When you're making this type of claim, you need to say, kind of put this in context for people. Otherwise, it's just presumably false. And uh, while I don't completely agree with their rule, they've effectively said that any claim that you make in a, as a multi-level marketer is going to about your income or your income potential or the type of lifestyle you can make is presumably false. So if you are out there saying, you know, hey, check this out, out, you know, this, you know, I started here and my first check was this and my third check was this and now I'm making ten thousand dollars a month, then the regulators would look at that and say, well, you know, you're making false claims because. You know, if you look at the income disclosure statement, you would say, well, this is this many people are making that, and and it might be presumed to be false. So there's some weird rules in our policies. I think they're weird that talk about how we should use this disclaimer, this kind of a this disclosure statement, in order to protect us. And and if you kind of sum it up, it's that when you're making claims about your income or how much money you could make, is as a distributor, uh, it's best to reference or have a copy of that disclosure and say, you know what, you can make this much money. Here was my experience. Here's yours, but also here's some average data. I think that's inconvenient, especially if you're just trying to be honest and you're just telling people your experience, but it is the rules. And so as you look at the policies and procedures, it talks about that, and and those rules just came straight from... from um, us as we looked at the law and, and tried to deduce exactly where we needed to, to ask people to use this statement. It was kind of so. In some ways, we're really glad that people have the information, but predominantly, it was a legal exercise for us to say we need this to protect the company because income right. can can really kill multi-level marketing companies. Oh yeah, and you know we the whole industry as a whole. I mean. In the 14 years I've been in, in with Young Living, I've seen such a transition of the paradigm of multi-level marketing, network marketing, MLM. You know, back the, even when I started, it was like, is this one of those things, you know, pyramid scams? And so much right. of that paradigm, I think, has shifted over the course of time. I and mean, there's still a little bit out there, but things like this, coming out with this um, income disclosure statement is, A, like going back to even talking about the FDA, you know, it protects people because – we all know that this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. I mean, hello, any of the distributors that are leadership on this call can all raise their hand and say, we've put in blood, sweat, and tears and time on this thing, <laughs> you know, and, and that we don't want to have that false type of advertising. But 
having that right. statement there. And it's such it's so credible to have that statement when talking about that because it comes from you guys and it's like a you know it's a corporate document. It's all legal eagle and and all that stuff. Um, it's it's definitely a good um, a good thing to be able to have, and it's a gift. And I know you talked to me about the other day where um, the there's like a poster. Or we should have that if we're doing a meeting. We should have something up there with the statement. Or you want to clarify a little bit about that? So oh yeah, meeting, no. talking about the one business. of the, Go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. So what? So one of the one of the random rules that kind of has came out is we look at the the laws and all the cases that have came out about how companies like ours can make these illegal claims about income uh, kind of suggested that as we if we're, if we're talking about income in say a presentation then during the presentation we should have this up simultaneously well that's kind of inconvenient right well I only have one PowerPoint screen and <laughs> it can be hard to split it right so so we've uh, so you can either have two simultaneous screens which is odd or put it up as a poster, and the law said that it had to be three feet by five feet. So um, that's in our uh, policies and procedures, and we're trying to, you know, abide by the law. So one thing that it's either out or coming out really soon is that there will be just an illustrator file of kind of a modified version of the income disclosure statement. It might be a little bit different just for formatting purposes that you can then take either take it to a printer or just easily stick on a PowerPoint presentation so you can comply with that. Does that make sense? So it would be just, you know, you'd put it up like on a, get it, put it on a, um, the foam board, you know, or cardboard, or, you know, like those things you do like dioramas with or for science projects right. and put it up on the board and just have it there in an easel or up on the wall so while you're talking. And it's there, you know, and then that's yeah. what, you know, we should be doing when we're doing a presentation, talk, especially talking about income and things like that. Yeah. Unless you get, if like you gonna, said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you're going to talk about business and business opportunity and the amount of money people can make, I think you'll see it in Young Living's presentations. When so we have some of our comp plan presentations, we have what they call hypothetical claims, which who would have guessed that if you run through a hypothetical but real calculation of income, that that would be an illegal or fraudulent wow. claim, but they say that it is. So if you look at our compensation plan claim presentations, it'll reference or have a full copy of the PowerPoint presentation on the slides after we've talked about income. Sure. It's an, aw it's awesome. an odd rule, but it's, um, it's just what it is. So we're trying to comply and, and um, yeah. Well, but along with it, we got we got the income disclosure statement, which was really good. I know. I mean, I just high five to you for that. I, mean, I know it was hard work, and you know that was a lot for you guys to do, but it it was it's fantastic. Uh, there's two things I want to cover before we wrap up. Um, one thing, real quick, do you want to talk about um, eBay and Amazon and you know distributors selling stuff on there? Is that okay to do? Is it not okay to do? Um, because right. I know it's an issue. We've, I've, I know I've had my own distributors buy off of Amazon or you know whatever, and I'm like, hello. <laughs> Do you want to talk to that real quick? <laughs> yeah. So eBay and Amazon can be um, can be very polarizing. You know, if you're a seller on eBay, getting rid of extra product that weren't your favorites in a kit or whatever, then you might have one point of view, and and uh, other people will have others. But the rules as they stand right now. We've just asked members 
um, to preserve the integrity of the brand to not advertise our products for lower than our wholesale price. Okay, so that would mean that if I buy a bottle of oil for thirty dollars at the wholesale price, you know, even if they're shipping, then I wouldn't advertise it on eBay or Amazon for below thirty dollars, right? So I wouldn't put it on for twenty-five dollars and try to undercut what's the current business model. And there yeah. has been discussion internally, especially with some products being out of stock. And I think they've been noticing some people buying more and wondering what they're doing with these large portions, whether or not there will be kind of a more restrictions placed on Amazon and eBay. So that's something just to watch and see what what comes from comes from the Youngs and, and our executive team. Right. Well, that will be interesting. And like I said, I know I know it's come up. I've had people ask me about it, and I'm like, well, as long as somebody's not selling, you know, rose oil for $50 or things like that. And I know a long time ago there was issues like that, and, um, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, we may see more on that or not. You know, it, like I said, it, it doesn't seem to be as big of an issue, but there is issues with hot-selling products, you know, that are out of stock. People are trying to sell for triple the price, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, why is that happening? So, <laughs> you know. I have enough bottles right. of eucalyptus blue, though, for half the country. So I might, you might see mine up there on eBay someday. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure to, go ahead. It is hard to Kevin. keep the business-mindedness out of out of a lot of our distributors, especially, you know, if there's a bigger business, business focus, right? So, but currently, if you sell it for more than you bought it for, it would be just well, be compliant with our. our yeah, policy. I'm with you. So and the last thing I want to talk about is um, do you want to speak to this topic that everybody just hates to talk about? It's the cross-recruiting and duplicate accounts. Because, you know, I even had an email sent in of somebody that said that they had somebody who actually wanted to transfer out and they were recruited out and then the person started threatening them. It got really ugly, you know, and stuff like that. But do you want to speak to this issue? Because it seems to be really big and you know I don't understand the cross-recruiting thing I'm like go get some new people you know don't bring over blood from someone else's organization but you want to talk to to that a little bit please because it's a big topic sure sure and I know it's a topic that our compliance team deals with a lot I was over the compliance team for for a year and that was insightful and um, I know they spend a lot of time dealing with that one of the things though I think if we all step back and we look at the company. I came from a law firm, and it was a big law firm. And whoever brought the client in was, you know, it was a big deal. And so I come from the background of which who gets origination fees or origination percentage for what work that comes in. And sometimes it got heated, right, because somebody brought in a client 30 years ago, but then they're one of our bigger clients. They were one of our bigger clients, and uh, a lot of people were working on it now, and people didn't feel that it was fair that I wasn't, you know, doing much to get the work. But really, um, that work only came because of because somebody brought it in, right? And I think with multi-level marketing companies, the lifeblood of the company is that there are new people that are coming in and coming in and building. And then, regardless of when you started, you have the ability to build an organization, right? And I think yeah. if we step back and realize that, 
even though it's been a year or two or my upline's not really the best business builder, um, there's not anywhere in the the system that that you can just quit right away, right, and just join somebody else. But we've to preserve that that principle that you get the to keep the rewards of the work that you did. We allow, but also to allow people to leave if they want. The policies allow people to purchase, um, to not purchase product on their account for six months and then move. And in that time, if they still want to purchase product, they can purchase product through a friend's account or through, through it, you know, through a retail account. And um, and so that's just kind of how it is. That seems to be as we've surveyed the industry, how almost every company allows it to be. Some companies don't allow you to purchase for nine months or require you to purchase for nine or not purchase for nine or six, 12 months. But um, as, uh, as pe- if, if people do cross-line recruit, they go out and they tell somebody for whatever reason they're going to be a better sponsor or um, whatever, and they should join um, we know all the ways that people do it because we've seen it for so long and none of them are acceptable <laughs> telling people to create another account. We're or, not sneaking um, up on you guys. We think right, we're also creative. <laughs> or form an LLC. And we're only getting more sophisticated. Um, while I was over it, we worked with IT extensively uh, <laughs> to develop software solutions for this sort of thing. And it's tragic, though. Some of the hardest times going to work are when it's like, hey, we've got this person and they've got this account and they built 50 people down, but this is a duplicate account. What do we do, right? And that's that's tough because somebody did recruit them, said, hey, my organization is better. Come over here. They came. They built. It was really better, maybe, or not, but they just worked harder. And then we have to terminate that second account. It's not something we like. But I mean, I also think that it's not what I would want it it's not what we should be doing for so many ethical reasons that I think that we should all just try to realize there's enough people out there in the world who would like our oils because we've got a great product uh, and great products that we don't need to go and do that to somebody else. I mean, it's that whole golden rule thing, right? We don't want other people to do it to us. We need to you know, right. rise above it. And you know, most of the time, if you're going to pull somebody over to you, um, they might be leaving again later on or, or whatnot, too, right? You know, it's like those employees that complain about their boss in the job interview. It doesn't matter what their resume is like. You probably don't want to work with them. Right. It's so true. The grass is greener syndrome. I've seen it over the course of years. And I always know if somebody wants to transfer out, I'm like, goodbye. You know, and if somebody wants to transfer in, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, why do you want to transfer right. in? Because I'm not sure if I want to. <laughs> Why, what's the deal, right. you know? If they tell me how much they hate their upline, I'm like, yeah, you go have fun with that, you know? Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, if, if they, if, anyway, if, I, we could go on and on about that. Right. But I yeah, I know exactly to, what you're talking about. You know, it's so true. But, and so basically you guys are, you know, you, you really watch this. And um, if somebody creates a duplicate account, the first account that was placed or the first account that was created is going to be the one that stays. So even if the second one is created and they built a hundred people and they, you know, whatever, that account would be dissolved. Right. 
and then right. they would have to go back to their first account. And you said that um, the IT department, especially the new site that's coming up, um, is going to have a lot of stops in place to really kind of field and flag if there is a you know duplicate account looking thing happening. Yeah, and that's just part of our goal to be more member focused. Is it's devastating for us when we have to go in three weeks later, right, and say, "Hey, we got to terminate your second account, but they've already built in the second account, right?" Because then the people that they built under them would roll up to their new sponsor. They right. would then go back to their old account, and they probably already, they may have already, you know, burned the bridge with their old sponsor. So. It's not a win-win situation at all. Right. It's just us having to choose how we're going to do things, and we have to stick uh, to that fundamental tenet of it's a multi-level marketing company. We're, uh, we have to support enrolling and uh, you know allow that first enroller to have that. So, yeah, as, as, as our more IT fixes come, hopefully as people try to create more accounts, they're flagged, and they can't actually right. do it to, to kind of prevent them. Wow. Well, that's excellent, and we covered a lot of ground here, and I hope that people can really listen to this. And you, I know you guys might need to listen to it again, you know, especially when it comes to the phrasing and what to say and what not to say on your Facebook or whether you're doing classes and stuff like that. And, you know, if people have questions about this stuff, Saul, who, what, where, when is the best place to ask these questions? If people say, hey, can you review my infographic or can you, you know, look at my blog real quick and see if this is okay, especially if people are really conscious about this. How can they do that? Is there somewhere to email or is it the Facebook page or what's the best thing to do? Yes, they should. They can email us or call the conduct department. It's called the member conduct and education department, but we internally call them the conduct department. Their email is conduct at youngliving.com and um, they have people there trained available to address these issues and talk and if people need extra help even where to where to point them for extra tools and they're coming out with more tools to help out this first one the, the email the, the attachment that everybody got in their email is actually I think you're the first people to get it um, mm-hmm. it hasn't been out but we've reviewed it with multiple people and and feel comfortable sending that out as our as our uh, help to our members and and um we also have a facebook page that's uh, young living conduct and education where they weekly post things but also members can write in and say hey what about this and right. uh, then the answer is something they can then send on to their team or or share it with other people so cool yeah best thing is knows now people are like what do i do and then they now they can bounce ideas off the team and and get those answers so Wow. Well, thank you. We're at the top of the hour, so we better jam out. I know that uh, everybody here is probably like, okay, guys, I'm ready to crank out those things on Facebook and get my videos done on YouTube or whatever and be all legal eagle. But um, (laughs) I appreciate, yeah, that's that's our dreams, right? But I appreciate you coming on. I know everybody else does. Thank you so much. And let me go ahead and open the line so that everybody can say goodnight to you. So hang on a second, Saul. Thank you so much. It was good information. You're welcome. Good night, everybody. Bye bye.
Thank you. Good night. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Great day today. Thank you.